Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. To his neighbors and friends and family, 64-year-old Bill Jenglin was a solid citizen, a former Marine and a loving husband. He was a hero to his three sons and a grandfather of seven. But Bill is in prison. He is serving a 40-year sentence for armed robbery. Bill will be transferred to a federal penitentiary where he will likely spend the rest of his life. So we ask this question, how does a loving family man spiral out of control into theft and drugs and adultery? This shocking story made headlines around the country and you won't believe what happened next. Well, we were raised to believe that family comes first, above all things. It wasn't until Clay, Jared, and Garrett Jinglin were adults that their father's life would take a dramatic turn. He lost job after job and was on a downward spiral. He would come fairly frequently asking for money, 500 here, 500 there. Never really had a good explanation where that money was going. Then on August 19, 2004, Jared, a Peoria, Illinois police officer, logged onto a website and made a horrific discovery. He stared at newly released surveillance videos of a dangerous bank robber who was armed with a gun and wanted for hitting at least seven banks in nine months. It would only take a split second for Jared to recognize the shirt, the sunglasses, and pistol the criminal was carrying. There was no doubt the fugitive in the photos was the last person Jared would ever expect, his own father. Yeah. It's absolutely devastating. Jared immediately called his two brothers. Together, they made the most gut-wrenching decision of their lives and turned their father into the police. Recently, Bill's sons, Jared, Garrett, and Clay, were here to share the difficult decision that they'd made to turn in their father. And here's some of that interview. Have you said, Dad, why? I would have too many questions that I know I wouldn't get a truthful answer. Mm -hmm. uh, he would probably have to lie to me, and I don't want that. 
Mm -hmm. I want the and, truth. And Garrett, I can see that, you know, I mean, obviously all of you are ups upset about it and you are still very much emotionally impacted by it. Does it make you feel like it's a betrayal in a, in a, in a in, it's an, an enormous It's a betrayal, betrayal on many levels. It makes you have to go back to, to the life that you thought you knew yeah. and rethink everything about that. Yeah. And do you think you will, you know, go to see him, that he'll ever be a part of your life again? You say no? I, no. I, you say I'm, no. I just have to look at it this way. I'm, I'm done. You're I, done. I don't have a father. There's a man in prison, not my father. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a different person. Wow. What do you say? I, um, I'm, I carry an anger with me that I hope will go away. So I hope someday that I can feel like I can go see him. Yeah. But uh, I can't right now. Bill is joining us via satellite from a correctional facility in Taylorville, Illinois. Thanks for joining us. Hello. And as you just heard, Bill's sons are having a rough time with all of this. Two of them, Garrett and Clay, are here, seeing their father for the first time since he was uh, sentenced. Bill's son, Jared, um, has no interest in speaking to him, so he is watching backstage and will join us um, after hearing what his father has to say. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three... Four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. First of all, Bill, let's talk about how this happened. How many banks had you robbed? We're talking about five different banks on seven occasions. Tell me, how did this happen to you? It was a confluence of... Uh, a number of events and happenings in my life. I made the wrong decision. Uh, it's an aberration in what it had otherwise been a good life. It's not something I would advocate for anybody under any kind of pressure, but. Okay, when you decide to rob the first bank, here you are, you know, known as an upstanding citizen. One of your sons has said that you always taught them right from wrong and how to stand up for themselves and how to be true men and preached integrity, and as far as they could see, lived integrity. So how do you make a decision to rob your first bank? Opportunities uh, seem to arise. And uh, if you're stupid enough at the time, you'll take advantage of the opportunity. And uh, apparently that's what I did. So tell me, um, you also were leading a double life because when your sons were here, I think one of the things that is most disturbing to them is finding out that you were leading not just a, a criminal life, but that you had been having an affair and carrying on another relationship for a number of years. They seem to be more disturbed or equally as disturbed by that duality as they were by the bank robbing. So when did that start? Sometime in the 90s. Sometimes in the 90s, what? You had an affair? Yeah. And how did it start? 
met a lady at lunch. We uh, seemed to get along and we were able to talk to one another. Uh huh. Well, and things developed from there, I guess. You guess. And so, were you doing drugs at the time? No. No. Did you start doing drugs? A number of years later, experimented with drugs, yes. Experimented with drugs. But at the time that you met this woman, you had been married, what, 43 years or so? I know it's hard to remember. Approximately. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably more like 36, 37. Okay. Long time. And so this affair went on for how long, Bill? Uh, eight or nine years, I suppose, off and on, and, you know. Mm -hmm. And why did you start to um, delve into the criminal life? Why? I had tried to find employment. I probably sent out 500 applications and resumes. Mm -hmm. No luck. Mm -hmm. I think I uh, finally realized, you know, that age discrimination was real, mm -hmm. that uh, getting older was real, mm -hmm. that uh, some of the ideals that I had advocated all my life might not have been real, which, uh, you know, troubled me greatly. Found out that uh, guilt is real. What do you mean by that? Well, you think you can do some things, you know, and it won't trouble you, but you find that they do. Do you mean the affair? That's partly it. The reason I wanted to talk to you and your sons have agreed to talk to you, they're in a lot of pain. I know you've been speaking to Clay, but uh, Garrett was on the other day and I could feel his pain. Everybody's angry with you. And Jared didn't want to be here because he's so angry with you. He doesn't feel that you're going to say anything that's truthful. What do you want to say to your sons and to your wife, who will no doubt see this and hear you? What I, what I would say to the boys is the theme has been that they did what they felt was the right thing. I admire and respect that. I taught them to do that. I have no problem with that. Meaning turning you in. Right. I don't know that I agree with that 100%, but I agree that they felt that they were doing the right thing. Why wouldn't you agree with it since that's what you taught them to do? Because I think it would have been better if it had been handled differently. How so? I, I would have probably uh, came out of this a, a little better personally if they had called me and I'd had the opportunity to turn myself in. Well, you know, this is interesting to me. You're going to be moved to another prison where heaven only knows when you will see or talk to your family again. I ask you a question about what do you want to say? Your sons are in pain. Your wife is in pain. You've caused a lot of people to be devastated in their lives by your actions. And the first thing you have to say is you wish they'd handled it differently? The first thing I had to say was, I feel like they did the right thing because they felt it was the right thing. Okay. What do you want to say to your sons about what you have caused in their life? I'm sorry for everything that happened. Sorry it doesn't begin to cover it. But can you begin to explain so that they will have an answer to the why and maybe whatever you can explain isn't going to be why enough? Why? There is no good reason or no good answer to that, Oprah. Okay. They, I, I can't convince myself why I did such a ridiculous thing. That surely was, was a better answer. Okay. And so, Bill, when you are, because you have a lot of time to think about it now, do you go back over 
areas of your life and say what you could have done, what you wished you had done? Well, the most recent part of my life, yes, I'd like to replay that entirely, but I can't. Okay. And I did the wrong thing, I'm going to have to pay for it. I don't have a problem with that. You don't have a problem. I really... You don't have a problem with paying for it? Absolutely not. Okay. But this, you know, how do you make up for what you did when it impacts other people? That's, yes. uh, that's the uh, difficult part. As yeah. I say, sorry doesn't begin to cover it. Yeah. You know, I'm in jail. That's punishment. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking that you, if you're in bed at night or wherever in your cell and you have all this time, you would think about if I could say to my sons, if I could say to my wife, I would think that you would have some kind of thoughts about that other than uh, I'm sorry, son. One that occurs to me right now is uh, what my mother always told me. Don't do as I do, do as I say do. I'll tell you the right thing to do. I may not always be able to do it myself, but we both know, my sons and I know, what the right thing is. Well, Jared's backstage, and he said he never heard an apology from you. I haven't had an opportunity to speak to Jared. Jared has uh, his own way of going, and right now he seems to be more troubled by these events than anybody else. I'm sorry about that. Jared's my, uh, my baby boy. And what is it you're, you're sorry about? Well, Oprah, that's kind of a ridiculous question. I'm sorry about what I've done and the, the effect that it's had on my family and my friends. I don't think it's a ridiculous question. What I think is ridiculous is the way you're responding to it. I think that's ridiculous, if we're going to call ridiculous. <laughs> you're saying, I'm sorry is not enough. You're right, it's not. What they need to know is how you felt about what you did and why you did it. What was going on with you so that they can have some understanding and perhaps empathy for what happened. So I don't think that's ridiculous at all. All right. All I can say, gentlemen, is I'm sorry. I've had over 500 days and nights to contemplate this situation. I've made my peace with God. I've asked for forgiveness and repentance. I've never uh, had any second thoughts about forgiving anything that's happened uh, since I got involved in this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would like to know that uh, at least someday you can forgive what I've done and get past this. I pray on this situation every night and truly repent. You know, I've tried to accept responsibility for what I've done. I've done everything I can think of since I've been involved in this to make it easier for everyone, including my wife and including uh, you boys. I pleaded, uh, you know, entered a conditional guilty plea rather than go to seven different trials with this thing, which would have been a pain for all of us. I haven't been able to even talk about it without crying for you. So, Garrett, does that help you? Even now, I, I certainly don't like seeing uh, my father upset. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been talking to your father, Clay, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Can you he, forgive him? I've forgiven him. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me about you, Garrett, is that the other day you were here and you were saying that you were so angry. And what I felt 
from you was not just anger, but a lot of sadness. Mm. Yeah. And I'm watching you watch your father, and you are crying tears or welling up because you don't want to see your father in well, pain. You know, uh, what I really want, I want him to understand what I did. Almost like, almost like I'm still seeking his approval for what I do, like I always did as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, I want him to understand. Understand what you did. Yeah, it's like. Uh, By turning him in, you mean? Yeah, right, the reasons, and the reasons I feel like I do. Okay. Um, I would love for my dad to be able to tell me from back in the 90s till today. What happened? Every secret. Yeah, every secret. And that probably will not happen. But, but, but a, that would but help, strange, would it not? It would, would open the door. But a strange, the strange side of it to me is that I still feel this need to, let, to know that he knows and, and, a, and understands where and why I did what I did. Okay, what, is, what, what is interesting too is one of the first things he said was that he wishes you sons had handled it differently, had come right. to him. Right. And him saying that did what? It's not what I was looking for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more of a... A slap in the face. He knows me. I mean, more, probably better than anybody. Uh-huh. He knows how he raised me specifically. It almost hurts my feelings to know that he thinks we would do different or should have done differently than what we did. I mean, we were scared for his life, and we were scared for other people's lives. Yeah. And we did go try to find him because that was our intent, was to go to his house and find him and, and have him turn himself in. And when we couldn't, he said we should have called him. And in my mind, anyway, at the time, it couldn't have been my, my dad. It had to be somebody that was out of his mind. And there's just no way you could risk calling somebody that you, I mean, if he's robbing banks for crying out loud, he's not the guy I knew. And, and so that's, you know, to me, we didn't, there was just no question of calling. Because it wasn't him we were calling. We would have mm -hmm. been calling. Because mm -hmm. you thought you'd lost your dad. That was the thought. Yeah. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big So, Bill, you have seven grandchildren. What do you think your son should tell them about where you are and what you've done? What do you want them to say? I think about all they could say is that uh, your grandfather had a, a lot of pressures that he handled in a poor way. Mm -hmm. And that he uh, was very sorry about that and, and uh, hopes that they will forgive him for what problems this caused them along the way. Mm -hmm. The why part is extremely difficult because the things that impacted me and the way that I saw them might appear ridiculous to somebody else. At the time, they appeared very real and very strong to me. For example? I felt uh, all used up. Mm. And somebody's going to say, well, obviously you weren't used up. Why would you feel that way? And I can't explain that. Yeah. I have to tell you, Bill, that hit a nerve with me. I understand what that is. And I think everybody listening on some level understands what that means. So that's what I'm talking about, being able to speak your own truth, open up, tell your sons what it was that caused you to spiral as you did. And so when you say, 
I felt used up. I get that. I get that. Do you, mm -hmm. Clay? Sure. Do you get it? Yeah. It doesn't matter what we think if that's what you felt. And one thing I would uh, like to say to my son, Jared, is that uh, the fact that I uh, lied to cover up things was not always for my own personal benefit. It was to protect others. And that since this has happened, I've made a great point. Not to lie about anything. Okay. What have you learned about yourself? I mean, this is a searing lesson for you sitting in prison, but what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know? That the uh, depth of character that I felt I always had wasn't as deep as it, as what I thought. Anything you want to say to your father before we go? I did write him a letter. I, I, wrote, I wrote a letter. And uh, I'm, I may be hoping that that's a, uh, a step in communicating through letters mm -hmm. versus uh, not communicating at all. Not communicating at all. Do you want to continue a relationship with your sons, Bill? Of course I do. Yeah. And My what, flesh and blood. And what would you be willing to do in order to have that happen? Anything. Anything. Psychologist Robin Smith is here. She's been listening. So, Robin, what do you want to say to Bill? I want to say something first to you, to Bill's sons. I'm so um, moved because the courage it takes to face one who is not dead, but who feels dead, is huge. Part of the issue is that their father, as they knew him, has died. Yeah. And so it's not just for them, but for all of us who have known people who are still walking the planet, but who aren't who we thought they were, the grief that it stirs up is so profound. And I think, Bill, you said that you hadn't spoken with Jared. Because, see, he's angry, but the anger for all of us is a cover-up for suffering. It's grief. They're looking for a piece of your heart yeah. that they can't find. They're trying to figure out, like, Dad, not only are you sorry superficially, which is what you were mentioning, Garrett, but you're... You're asking, like, where is your, your heart. heart? Where's your heart? Where's your heart about how much we ache? And I just want for all of us to be thinking that this journey, this is a long journey of what it will mean to forgive somebody, particularly who's having a hard time getting how he really injured you. Um, when people are in recovery, one of the ways that I know, whether it's drug recovery, food, whatever it is, when we've done something that has taken our souls away. How you know if someone is recovered is because they are not speaking about their own injury. That's right. They're not speaking about how they're hurt. You've got to remind that person that they were injured as well. They're so busy telling you they're sorry. They're so busy making amends because they know that they're so wrong. So there's something about Bill's lack of action. And this isn't a judgment. I want to give you some thoughts about how you might use your time to think about reaching out to your sons and your grandchildren 
about yeah. their pain and your wife. I, I feel that talking and speaking your truth is a bridge to forgiveness. You can't begin to even think you can forgive uh, unless you understand what he was going through and he, unless you know that he also understands what you have gone through. And so you can't do that without talking about it and without honestly communicating it because he doesn't know the pain that he's caused you. He doesn't know. He has an idea. He has an idea because he was an upstanding citizen and was always taking the moral high ground. And so from that perch, he can say, what I've done is really wrong. But he doesn't know how you feel. And he, he doesn't, doesn't know why he did it. And he doesn't even know why he did it. I think that's a profound point that you made, which is until we can tell somebody how and why we behaved in deplorable, harming ways, something is missing. So until, if I injure you, I'm the perpetrator. If I cannot articulate out of my own mouth. Why I did it. Why I did it. There's this huge hole that you're walking around and you said, I do want to know, like, what happened to you? Where, where did your essence go, Dad? And when did it leave? Because we thought we had you. And obviously, even when we thought we had you, you were already gone. Had you noticed a change in your father? No, not really as a person, no change. Yeah. You know, just some habits maybe were different. Um, he uh -huh. didn't see him as often, but mm -hmm. not as a person, no. No. What do you do with your days, Bill? I read a lot. I wrote a paper on uh, would I turn in my father. And what was the answer? Uh, unless it was unusual circumstances, like uh, you know, your father being a pedophile or a murderer or kidnapper. Bank robber. Violent crime against a person. Bank robber, I don't, I don't know. But, Bill. I, didn't, I, didn't, I couldn't come to a successful conclusion on that, answering that. Bill, this is the oddest thing, because maybe you're not trying to come off this way, but it sounds like that you are mad at them, maybe mad's the wrong word, upset with them for turning you in for being an armed robber. That's not true at all. You're not? No. You just said to us that you've written a paper, you've been sitting there soul-searching and so forth, and part of that paper was, would you turn in your own father? You would turn him in for everything, but perhaps not for armed robbery. When your sons were here before, they explained to me and the millions of people who were watching that they turned you in, not only because they are um, a few good men, which is mm -hmm. how I call them the last time I was here, because there are a few good men who did the right thing, as you would have raised them to do, but because they were afraid for you and for other people. When you're robbing a bank with a gun, you could be shot, other people could be shot, accidentally get caught in the crossfire. They felt not only morally was it the right thing to do, but they felt for your safety and the safety of other people. Do you understand that? Of course I do. Okay. But on the other hand, <laughs> I was there. I lived it. I was never in a bank that had a customer. Why do you suppose that was? I never took a loaded weapon into a bank. Why do you suppose that was? I have no record of violence. I'm not a violent person. You know, in my mind, 
the risk wasn't there. But I can easily understand why anybody else would, would think that it was. That I would, have, I would have not hurt anyone, anytime, anywhere. But somebody could have hurt you, and somebody could have gotten hurt. Would you agree with that? Right, Oprah, I, I, there was a time when I didn't care if somebody hurt me. Or somebody else got hurt. Oh, I don't, no, that's a whole different issue. I, don't, I would not have hurt anyone else. And it hurts me that my sons thought that I would have. This is part of the wound right here. Because as Bill, as you're talking, still focused on yourself mm. and the ways in which your sons don't understand you, the public doesn't understand you, what's happening is you're re-injuring your children even in this very moment by not seeing the fact that you put them in a position where they had to make a choice to not just protect you, but, prote but to protect other people. Mm -hmm. And you're missing that. Yeah. You're no, missing I'm not that. missing that at all. No, no, no. I you, understand that that's what they did and why they did it. Yeah, but you're saying that you're not a dangerous person, but people who carry guns, loaded or unloaded, in banks who are assessing situations to make sure that there aren't people in there, you know, people do get caught in the crossfire. And so it may not have been you, but it could have been someone else. And so my point is that the excuses you're making. But also, Bill is a very intelligent person. And you've raised these boys, these, these young men, to have such strong integrity and goodwill towards themselves and, and other people. You are not a stupid man. So you know that robbing a bank is putting yourself in a dangerous position. You know that. Granted. Okay. All right. What do you want to say to your sons before we go? Let's work our way through this, sons. Whatever it takes. Because I still love you. Always will. And part of what it takes is that Bill shows up, um, Bill, that you show up in a authentic, honest way. You mentioned that you've you know, repented and asked God for forgiveness. And I often say to people that you haven't um, God's not the one you've injured. And so sometimes we go and apologize to God, but not to the ones that we've harmed. Your energy needs to be redirected yeah. toward the human beings yeah. who have had the floor of their lives um, ripped apart. Yeah, and you can't do that yeah. until you know how they feel. Yeah. But did you not hear me say it? I've apologized a thousand times. No, I, I, I heard your, I, no, I did hear your apology and that you've done it a thousand times. And I'm watching your sons who are looking for the heart of their father that they cannot yet find. I want you to begin to contemplate that your sons are on a search for a dad who has a heart for them that they haven't yet been able to locate. You, you get that, right, Bill? You do get that. No, Bill, up, does, up he, doesn't get it. Over, he doesn't get it. He to doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. frank with you, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. Okay. Well, the reason why Robin's saying you don't get it, you said I apologized a thousand times. The apology sounds and feels empty. And everybody who's watching knows what I'm talking about. You've heard it from people. It sounds and feels empty. And so I think while you're, while you're have, have all this time to think about it, purging yourself and your 
feelings would be a good beginning. Absolutely. Bill, thank you for taking the time to do this, okay? You're welcome. One of Bill's sons, Jarrett, watched uh, by interview backstage because he didn't want to talk directly to his father. What, what was it like for you seeing him up there on the screen? I don't know what's the truth and what he is fabricating to make himself look better. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't trust him. I don't believe him. Yeah. Did you feel any empathy for him when he said, what was the term? Used, used up. up. Used up. Um, we all feel used up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what she said. It's just, I don't know if I'd call me used up because I think I'm bottled up. Yeah. Because I am so angry right now. Do you think he still, as um, Robin said, doesn't get it? Oh, I don't think he does. I really don't. Uh-huh. And what is it that you think he doesn't get? It's a pitiful thing to see my dad there in an orange jumpsuit. I want to know what he was thinking, how he had the guts to do this, not only to the banks that he robbed and the people in the banks, but to his family. Yeah. He didn't take that into consideration. Yeah. He just devastated us. Yeah. And you why know? didn't you want to ask him yourself? I just didn't want to speak to him. I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of seeing me upset. Mm -hmm. I, at this point, don't really trust what I would say to him. Mm -hmm. You know? I broke one of our rules. What? Yeah. Well, I, I, I always feel like if you cry, then you lose. Well, that's not good. Well, Robin's close, here. <laughs> she may come that's in That's not good. I'm getting worried over My, here. I was no, feeling No, that's right, a rule I'm, you shouldn't have. Then y'all uh, are going to be bottled up, angry, raging, repressed men. Well, and but, who needs that? Well, your wife doesn't I'll need you, that. Oprah, your children don't need that. After a year of thinking of how I felt, I've, I've discovered that I don't show emotion. I don't let it out. And someday I'll either let it out or I'll die of a heart attack. One of the two. It's well, just this isn't terrible. good. You know, or or we're going to come up with another or, option. I, I'm actually working more towards that, but I'm also writing down my thoughts. Yeah. Good. Um, good. And good. I've just started that within the last couple of weeks, and it has helped. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? It really does release mm -hmm. some things. One of the things that we all came up with when we finally decided to talk was that maybe something good could come out of this. Maybe someone would learn a lesson. That's why I asked your father, what is the lesson from it? Which right. I thought... I thought that was a pretty interesting comment mm -hmm. because here's a person who has spoken, taken the moral high ground all of his life with you guys. He has been Mr. Integrity and in the community and the upstanding citizen. And then he says, I found out that my character wasn't as deep as I thought it was. Yeah, that was actually helpful to hear him say, kind of the first yeah, thing we agreed on. How can you talk on. this talk all these years? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And contribute to you guys being the good men that you are, and then this happened to him. I would want to know why, though. And I think finding out why will bring you closer to an understanding of whether you choose to forgive or not. Do you think you will eventually be at the point where you'll be able to see him, speak to him? Um, I really don't see myself doing it. And, and the reason for that is, and I've, I've just come to these, actually being on your show last time helped me out quite mm -hmm. a bit, I'm thinking about how I felt about this. What he did to his family, to his wife, I carry around so much just rage at what he did to his family that I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive him. You know, I mean, he's robbing banks and, and he got, what, $56,000? My mom's house was almost in foreclosure. She came this close to losing her house. He wasn't helping her with any of that money. It was going for his needs, his wants, his desires, and that's it. The other life. With yeah. his other life. And, and while he's robbing banks, he's coming to us to ask for more money. Yeah. Which is, you know, beyond me. I don't know if that was a cover to say that, well, I still need money because I don't have any when he did. I don't know. But Mom, the whole thing, I just, I can't get over it. Mom yeah. started working when right she now. was 59 to help out. Her first job. You know, what, four years ago or so. And she's been working ever since. Thank God. 
Um, she enjoys it too. Mm -hmm. But she did everything right, and she supported him, and she didn't question him, and she was a, an excellent wife. And then got, I mean, she got this dumped on her. She got left holding the bag. She was, she was holding the bag. And that and, hurts and I'm us with, the most. I'm with Jared on that. You okay. don't mess with my mom. Mm. You don't mess with my family. As I see, <laughs> I see him crying. It didn't faze me, but I see him upset, and I just want to just explode at what he did to us. When you said you saw your brother welling up and it made you want to explode, it made you want to really do what? Well, I... I Can I give you a it, word? It's hard to say. Yes, please. Maybe weep? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, see, the explosions often where we think I'm going to lose it, it's because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that I never cry. And that's one of the lies that I just want everybody, every woman, every man, but particularly men, it's killing men. It's killing their spirits and it's killing their bodies. Now, what I will tell you, soldiers have to learn where to cry. Not if they cry, they learn where to cry. So you don't cry with the enemy, but maybe with a safe group of brothers like you all are, that might be a place where you could safely begin to let just a tear or two, I'm not asking for weeping, Garrett, but just a tear or two. You know why? Because it's the truth of what's there. It and your pain truth. deserves. You should let it be what it is. Absolutely. I, I'm slowly learning that. Yeah. I'm, it's, I, can, I can feel Speed myself. My, I know, I know, but. Yeah. Along with my job, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because it's appropriate. I, there are times you know, when it's appropriate. You're holding a, an abused baby. When yes. You, you yeah. Know, it's a, that's not appropriate. You can't let it out there. Yeah. So I, I have controls that keep me from. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, this is actually causing a, a you know strife with my family life. Of I'm, course. I'm it treating is. my wife differently. Of course. Yeah, of course. That's, that's so why effective. you've got to let it out for yourself, mm -hmm. in private. But I think it's important to let whatever is there be and not try to tame it and let it be something else. I mean, it's one of the great lessons in life to let yourself feel what you're feeling. I agree. I agree. I agree. I can't do it, but I agree. Okay. Just like forgiveness takes time, all of this takes time. And I, you know what? If there's a lesson, like why this thing happened, I mean, I don't know what the big plan is. What I do know is that there are three amazing men sitting in front of us. Amazing men. Amazing men. Amazing. Just take it. Yes. Oh, why? And thank you. So just breathe it in. Exactly. Uh, just, just breathe. Take but it. the reason I say that is part of what makes you amazing is because you're in the process to show all of America and people all over the world what it looks like to find our way out of the pit of hell. Yeah. back into some kind of life. You're not yeah. there yet, but yeah. you are on your way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we all need to know how to recover when life just pulls the floor from underneath our lives. Thank you, well said. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. The Sons, thank you, thank you. Bye everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening.
Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Masterforce Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Masterforce tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 